Business Women Rock, episode 51. Ladies, it's time to rock. Welcome to the Business Women Rock podcast, where we get down and dirty with the world's most incredible business women. Inspire your journey by listening to theirs. And now, here's your host, Katie Kremitzos. What's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Business Women Rock podcast. I'm laughing to myself because I've had to do that intro about five times now because my bird is in the background and I'm not in my studio today. (laughs) Thank you for bearing with me. Anyway, I'm very excited that you're here today. I have a great, great story to share with you. So let's get into it. My guest today is Kim Garst, who's the founder of Boom Social. Boom Social is a firm that really specializes in being able to help small businesses grow by using the slant of social media and this idea that it's really a relationship-based world. They definitely do, you know, social media consulting and helping people build out their social media platforms, um, as well as a handful of other things that really fall under their business model banner. What's so awesome about Kim is her business background and the fact that she, her very first business endeavor, she basically built a seven-figure business out of her home, moved into the network marketing industry, and has so much information to share about how to do that successfully, and then moved into this social media space and has really taken this foundational understanding and love of business to the small business clients that she deals with. She is wonderful and is so great about going deep with a couple of really great concepts about you know what her business journey has taught her and how she's able to share that information for anyone who's running a business, building a business, or thinking about building a business, or um, just really wants to become better at evolving themselves as a very smart and savvy business person. So Turn up the volume. The interview starts now. Kim, thank you so much for being on the show today. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be able to share your story today because um, you, (laughs) you have all these different pockets of business in your history. And, you know, you have Boom Social now, and we're definitely going to get into talking about that business and how that's so revolutionary and so interesting. But but your business background is very robust. You have a lot of different things that have happened in your life that have prepared you for building Boom Social. So I'd like to get a little bit more in depth about what some of that history has been. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you were doing just before you started your very first business? I sure can. Uh, I was on a very different path. Um, I was working for as a paralegal for an attorney. My husband was in the military, and we were, um, you know, living the life. Young, young married couple. Uh, bought a new home. Had two cars. Thought we had the world by the tail. And I had just been accepted to law school. Uh, and um, so uh, that was my path. I was going in that direction, and. Uh, we made a conscious decision to have our first child. We've been married five years, and we decided that we were, you know, it's, it was time. And um, and so uh, we got pregnant, had my first, uh, ch- we had our first child, and um, the moment they laid me, laid him in my arms, my world did a complete 180. You know, I was like, there is just no way. It was kind of ironic because. Our law firm had just hired um, an, a, a brand new out of out of uh, law school uh, woman attorney, and I saw how um, you know how much work she was having to do, and uh, I was like, "There's just no way. There's no way that I can handle law school and ultimately get to that level with a brand new child." You know, I just plus it wasn't. Uh, I, it was like that's not what I want. All of a sudden, I thought that's what I wanted, but uh, that's not what I want after all. <laughs> So uh, I ultimately worked up right up till the time that uh, my due date, uh, actually my, my last day was my due date, with uh, with the intent of going back. But um, like I said, as soon as he was born, um, I gave my notice and um, became a stay-at-home mom. And, uh, you know, when you're young, you think you can manage it all. And uh, we ultimately decided, um, you know, 
this is it. This is what we're going to do. We, you know, you'll stay home and raise the baby and, um, you know, I'll go to work and that's, that's where we'll be. But, uh, we quickly realized that we were, we went from two incomes to one. And as I said, my husband was in the military at the time. And I don't know, you guys know this or not, but, you know, when you're in the military, those in the military don't make a lot of money, uh, for, you know, all the services they give this country. So long story short, we quickly became, um, in, we, we quickly found ourselves in a, in the borrow from Peter to pay Paul scenario. And, uh, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to come up with some way that I can generate income from home. And then, you know, my, my oldest son is 23 now. And, um, so dating myself, uh, quite a bit, but, you know, over 20 years ago, there were no resources online. Um, it was back in the AOL and CompuServe and Earthlink days. And, um, and I didn't really have a lot of skill sets, uh, you know, as it related to the computer. I didn't, I couldn't even cut and paste when I started. So, um, I got online trying to find out how I could, uh, find something to do online. Um, long story short, I'll just sum it up into about a five year period. It took me about five years of, uh, you know, connecting and teaching myself what I needed to know to make my first $60. Um, I distinctly remember making that uh, money and, uh, it was like the highlight. I don't know how my husband put up with me for almost five years before I made any money, but he did. And, uh, I went on to build a seven figure business right from my dining room table. So it, it was, uh, it was quite the process, a huge learning curve for me, you know, uh, and it took me a long time to to get to the end result. But um, those experiences and, and many after that uh, helped me to build multiple um, six and seven figure businesses in a much faster fashion than the first one. I guess you have to fir- you have to like cut your teeth on that very first one, right? <laughs> yes, boy, you do. And you know, again, it's the learning curve for most of us. What exactly were you doing with computers and internet? Like what was it that you made that first $60 on? And what was the service that you were doing that or you know, what was the business that you had that actually was generating this revenue? Well, it started with design. You know, I started with uh, doing website design. And, you know, 20 plus years ago, that was the big push. Everybody wanted a website. And then that spawned other businesses because people were like, okay, well, I have a website. Where am I going to host it? So I ultimately had a hosting business as well. And at one point, I was even, uh, I even had um, a dial up company, you know, because people were trying to get online. So I ended up, um, you know, uh, harnessing that aspect. So basically, because so much my business, um, uh, I saw the space, you know, people would come to me for other things. And I, I was like, well, I don't really do that, but, you know, maybe I could. So I kept spawning new things. And ultimately, one day I realized that, you know, again, back then, if you knew anything as it related to the Internet, you were highly sought after. And one day I realized that my knowledge was worth way more than the services that I was providing. So my business turned into the majority of my income uh, went in the direction of a consulting mat. Um, you know, I started consulting with businesses and, uh, you know, d- doing the marketing end uh, for them as well as all of the other things. So uh, the, when I was really in my heyday and making um, huge sums of money, it was done from the standpoint of picking my brain, essentially, and then implementing what I suggested um, on the behalf of, you know, mostly large corporate clients. So by that time, I mean, you really had dug your fingers in, you were kind of the doer for the companies hiring you to actually build out their websites or do their hosting. The the clients that you had after that, once you transitioned into a consultant, what were they having you do? Like they were they I mean, I know what that means nowadays, as far as like, oh, here's where your website needs to be. And here's all these traffic, how you're going to get traffic over here. But what did that mean back then? Because that looked, I'm sure that looked a little different. Well, that's actually an excellent question. And you know, you're the only one who's ever really dug into that. So kudos to you. That is a great question. (laughs) Well, it's just fascinating to me because it's, you know, what the information that you're teaching back then would look very different. It absolutely was. And the way that you marketed was very different back then. So, for example, Yahoo was the biggest uh, search engine at the time. You know, Google wasn't even on the scene. And, um, and, and then back, you know, 15 years ago, banner advertising was huge. 
So, you know, people would put up a, a website and none of the stuff that we do today as far as marketing is, uh, you know, is still really applicable because, you know, SEO has changed dramatically. I was hoping companies do, um, you know, get on the front pages of Yahoo at the time. And the process for that um, then was ridiculous compared to what it is today you know you would get you'd make the changes in the code every time they would change something up and and it would take two weeks or more before it was indexed and the changes were reflected whereas you know now it's almost immediate so the the differences in just things that we know today and and the way they were then are pretty um pretty well vastly different honestly and then the marketing element was vastly different so um for example, I, I got the exclusive rights to market the Titanic um, merchandise when it came, um, you know, when that movie came out. And so I, I was so excited about that because I was like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be it because I negotiated a deal where I got a percentage of each sale. So, of course, went to Yahoo. We worked out all these deals with them as it related to banner advertising. And ultimately what happened was, um, people bought the knockoffs at Walmart instead of going to the search engines. Because, again, that was back in the day when people were afraid to buy online. Right. They didn't go to the search engines. That's not how they, they bought. Exactly. So, was it, you know, that was an interesting learning curve, too. But it, it just was a, it was just a whole different uh, ballgame than it is today. But, the, but and, you know, you didn't have to worry about, you know, connecting through social media, forming relationships. It was more of a push marketing uh, thing. Just, you know, I mean, that whole, that whole, uh, the marketing element has just shifted dramatically and from then to now. Even wow. offline to, you know, has shifted dramatically, I think. So did you have, you were consulting with these companies. Did you have the entire firm behind you that was then executing the strategies that you were brainstorming out with them? Or were you just really the point person who would say, here's your ideas and here's the strategy, go, and then their own team would take care of it? No, I was the person who did the work. Um, and and for the most part, I did the work. I, I really got frustrated and didn't have a lot of experience in building quality teams at the time. And I, uh, I felt like if my name was on the line and, it, you know, I wanted to be able to stand behind my work. So I, I would hire somebody to do the work and I'd ultimately come back and I would ultimately be dissatisfied with it because Miss Perfectionist here um, is, it was like, okay, this isn't up to my standard. So I would find myself going behind them and, you know, redoing the work. So I just, tried to maintain um, enough clients that I could physically handle myself and because I, I just didn't trust in anyone that I had hired, which ultimately led to a lot of issues for me. Over, I was way overworked and um, I was struggling with my family, you know, maintaining, you know, you think you're there. And, you know, you're there for your children. That's why you started this business. But I got so wrapped up in all the stuff that it really impacted the time that I got to spend with my family. You had spent this time and you had built this seven-figure business just by scrapping it and like, you know, learning everything that you needed to learn, building up a consulting firm and being able to really, you know, call for significant dollars in order to do that what happened at this point where you were just like fried and, you know, realizing that it wasn't really the schedule and the, the challenges of it really weren't working and congruent with what you wanted for your family? Like what happened? I, um, it was, it was kind of uh, funny because I would get up, uh, it's not funny, but it, I'll just tell you a story because it, it's reflective of where I was at the time. Um, I always felt like I was sneaking. So I knew how much stuff I had to do and I was overwhelmed by that. But at the same time, I had a guilt complex and how am I going to manage all of this? So I would go to bed at night with, uh, with the family, um, and wait until my husband was asleep. And then I would sneak back downstairs and work and he would wake up in the middle of the night and I would be gone. So I got to be way more than I could handle. I was working 18 plus hours a day and then trying to balance, um, you know, my family, which is why I started all of this. 
So I, I made the decision to that it wasn't that important to me that I was going to. I, I ultimately stepped back from it totally, or almost exclusively. I sold all the the pieces and parts of my business, which was you know the hosting company and you know all the the little offshoots that I had established, and um, and basically just worked a little bit on the side for existing clients, and uh, became a mom again. Because wow. I just couldn't couldn't do it. I just couldn't, and, and I didn't want to sacrifice um, my family uh, for the business. That's a pretty strong statement to make. Because I, I mean, you obviously loved what you were doing. You were really great at what you're doing. So to make that shift for your family, because you just had that moment of realizing, like, I'm not being the mom and the wife that I want to be. Can you walk us through the specifics of what it actually took to sell your company? Because I think that's a term that we hear so much. Oh, I sold my company. Yeah, I sold my company. What What were the realities of that? Like, how did you find the buyer? How did you, you know, negotiate a price? How did you, uh, how much time did it take for you to prepare everything? Can you walk us through that process? Well, it's, it's, it, for me, it was actually a really easy process because I, it was uh, ironic, really. And what ultimately told me that I needed to go down this route, it, about two weeks before I made the decision to, uh, to sell, I had been approached to, uh, by a buyer. And uh, so it made it very easy. When I made the decision to sell, I just called this person up and said, were you serious? And um, a lot of the negotiation piece of uh, the sales price revolved around existing income, you know, um, you know, what, what, especially, uh, is it related to the dial up clients at the time? Because, you know, that was a residual monthly income that they could count on at that, that particular point in time. So, you know, we just, um, analyzed all existing income and, you know, basically just, uh, put a formula to it. So I already had a buyer, in other words. So I didn't have to go out and look for a buyer, which, you know, made things so much simpler than, you know, today if you're, you have some sort of an exit strategy and you, you know, you have to put your business on the market and you have to value, you have to value it and, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, For me then, it wasn't that process. It was much simpler than it would be if I was trying to sell Boom Social today. Was it hard for you to get out of your business? Uh, yes and no. Uh, yeah, I think that the only reason that I ultimately was able to keep my finger in it a little bit was the, the handful of clients that have been with me forever that I kind of worked on the side with um, in a much smaller capacity, but I still felt like I had um, some work. You know, I still felt like, you know, I was generating income for my family and, uh, and it, it honestly it gave me so much more peace. The biggest lesson that I can really tell you that I took from all of that was two, actually two things. One, I created something that I had, I didn't even conceive that I could create when I started. And, um, and then the, the second big lesson that I learned from the whole experience was you have to build a team. You cannot do it all yourself. And and I have implemented every business since then. I have as quickly as I could outsourced as quickly as I could afford to do so, because you can leverage your time so much more efficiently. And uh, that was the biggest lesson. I said I will never go back to an environment where you know I'm const I'm working 18 hours a day. I and mean, there's days that granted you have to work long hours because you've got something going on. But to consistently work long hours each and every day uh, defies the purpose for why we are in business for ourselves. Time freedom is one of the reasons that we get in business for ourselves, or at least for me, that's a big piece of my passion now is, you know, I want to be able to take off and go do what I want to do when I want to do it. So it's it's a it's a balancing act. And I, I think, you know, that was the two big things is I didn't know how possible I was. And, um, and then, you know, I killed myself trying to, um, trying to stay on the possible, stay on the bubble, you know, when in reality it wasn't, I didn't need to be there. Kim, I couldn't agree with you more about the delegation piece, but you, you know, you really painted the picture that you did not do a good job of doing the delegating. And, and even though you were actually trying, it wasn't that you were keeping everything close to the vest, but you were actually really trying to do it, but it just wasn't 
the delegation wasn't getting done the way that you wanted it to get done. And, you know, so what I want to ask is what advice would you give to anyone listening who has even tried, like they're listening to this going, but I'm trying to delegate and it's just not working. Like what advice would you give to them? Because you definitely have evolved into a very good delegator. So what advice would you give to them on how you can truly delegate to be able to free up your time and give over successfully the things that need to get done in your business? Well, find people that, I think the biggest thing is find people who specialize in what you need instead of just somebody generic. That was a big lesson even uh, for us in Boom Social. When we started to grow so rapidly, we were like, we just need people. And uh, that's why our team is really scaled back because we re- we realized that getting just people doesn't solve the problem. You need people who have uh, core skill sets or that you can teach those skill sets that want to work for somebody. There is a difference. So let me clarify that. Um, there are people who uh, want to work for you, want to learn from you, and ultimately go out and start their own businesses. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not knocking that. But when you're trying to hire somebody that can support your company, you are looking for a support person. Both of those different types of people, somebody who wants to come in and get experience with you and use that as a platform to go do their own thing, that's amazing and it's awesome. But for your vantage point as the person who's running that company, you're not looking for a short-term solution. Solution. You're looking for somebody who's going to dig in, learn the skills, and stay with it for the business growth, right? There you go. That's All right. exactly what I'm trying <laughs> we got to say. It. <laughs> yes. yes. And sometimes, though, if you are outsourcing, for example, so let me, this was the point I was trying to make. When you're outsourcing to somebody has, who has a specific specialty, they may have their own business, and that's fine. I'm just saying, if you're going to hire somebody for your team, you're looking for somebody who's going to stay around for the long haul and is going to help you uh, support your growth and work with you to um, to grow versus, you know, just coming in and absorbing information and moving on. Yeah, that's a really good point. Now, one thing that really surprised me actually about kind of the next phase of your business journey, you know, after you had sold this company, you became mom again and you were doing these side, um, you know, just sort of side little gigs here and there. But then you actually got into network marketing, which really surprised me. So can you tell us a little bit about that experience, how you got involved, um, you know, what network marketing company you went with and what that experience was like, especially in the beginning? Well, I did get involved. Uh, it was actually um, something that intrigued me because of the uh, of the way that it was uh, set up at the time. Now it's commonplace, but at the time it was a company called Shop to Earn, and basically it was uh, built around the concept of uh, we all shop online, and why shouldn't you get cash back for what you shop? Uh, you know what you buy online. So essentially, it was affiliate marketing, uh, but it was a website that housed you know all the top. Um, retailers and then you would go to your website you would buy and then you would earn cash back and the whole premise behind it was you got other people involved in the business and you know they would buy their website et cetera, et cetera. and it was just an extension so i was i was really excited about the concept of it because i'd never seen anybody harness that particular model you know usually it was products um, uh, network marketing is usually driven by uh, some sort of a product or sometimes services and um, the interesting part to me is, from a network marketing standpoint, is network marketing companies usually have amazing products, but people are turned off sometimes to the concept of, you know, because they, they oh, well, I don't want to get involved in the business side of it, you know, that kind of stuff. But for me, I was intrigued by the whole marketing element of it. And so I uh, decided to take a position in the company. And before I knew it, um, because of my background, everybody was coming to me for advice. How do I market this? You know, I was successfully growing my business and everybody, you know, was trying to pick my brain and I was right back where I started when, you know, <laughs> 23 years ago when I realized, wow, my knowledge is more valuable again than, um, anything else. So, and I was helping all these people every day in their network marketing businesses and trying to help them grow their business. And ultimately, that just continued to lead me down the social media path because I, you know, when I laugh and tell people that I was doing social media before it was called social media because, you know, 20 plus years ago, I was connecting with people in B2B boards and AOL business chat rooms. You know, I'd reach out to people and email them and say, because I thought they would be interested in my services. 
I mean, now it would be Sam. Then it was like, you've got mail. Mm, <laughs> you know, it was a, a big thing. Right. It's so, a whole difference. It's a, it's a huge difference in how you can reach out and connect to people. And, of course, now with social media, you can connect and build relationships um, in a much easier way than you, I mean, doing it one at a time like I used to do it. But network marketing is relationships. And I think it's a social media is a perfect forum for building a network marketing company. Um, you know, we, we all share things all the time, right? I mean, if we go to a great movie, we share it. Um, I think the bad part about, again, the, the stigma behind the network marketing concept is, you know, everybody trying to sell and or pitch um, their friends and family. You know, that, that environment is, has been such a distasteful for so many people, and and again, who hasn't been approached by a friend or a family member to get involved in some sort of a business opportunity? It's so it's got a bad, I think, a, a bad rap. But I think it's probably one of the easiest ways for people to build a huge business with almost no financial outlay. Um, for anyone who's listening who is in the network marketing business, what what advice uh, based on your experience would you give? Because you're exactly right. I think that is the major like knee-jerk reaction people have is like, don't try to sell me. You know, like if you're in your network marketing, like don't push it down my throat. And if you were not of that belief system, what advice would you give to people who are running a network marketing company on how to market and how to brand and how to build relationships in order to get sales and build build their business? Well, the first thing, you said something very critical, uh, that the the brand itself, I see so many people in direct sales or in network marketing branding the company. You know, they'll build out a website all around their product or their service and uh, and the company itself. And um, I would highly suggest uh, that you never do that. Build a personal brand um, and, you know, connect with people personally. Uh, people are, you know, one, network marketing companies come and go. Sometimes they close up in the middle of the night and they go away. Hopefully that's not one you've chosen, but I've seen that happen. And if you build a, build your whole online presence around a company and something shifts, you, whether they change or you change, you've decided you no longer want to do it, your whole presence is built around something that is not you. So I, I'm big on building a personal brand if you're involved in, in um, um, network marketing. And then don't try to sell people on social media. Instead, try to connect around life. Uh, and I say this whether you're in network marketing or whether you are a brand, a big brand. I've, I've crossed this bridge with many uh, even massive brands and, and and honestly gotten to knock down, drag out, um, well, I hate to say fights, but discussions about bringing the personal piece to the table on social media. Social media is life and people connect around life events on social media before they connect around your business or your product or your service. So, um, you know, even if you're a big brand, you still have to connect with people around things that they care about outside of your product or service. So in the network marketing space, you know, it's like you go to an event, uh, whether it's church or, um, you know, any uh, social event, you don't walk up to somebody and say, oh, hey, guess what? Woo, I've got a sell over on my website and it's 20% off. You need to go right now and buy something. No, you don't do that. So don't do that online. Uh, um, you know, on, conversations online are just like offline conversations, except you have a reach of, you know, potentially millions of people. So hold a conversation just like you would with anybody in real life. You know, if it's good morning or good night or, you know, if you talk, you're talking about your kids being involved in sports or, you know, the latest news, uh, weather, whatever. It's it's life. It's And that's where you connect with people. You build those relationships, and then you have an opportunity at some later point in time to introduce your product or your service. I think that's awesome advice. And, um, and I think that that's so true because um, I'll give you this example. My cousin Jackie um, 
a couple of years ago got involved with Beachbody, I think it is. And uh, what's the shake, Shakeology, that whole thing, right? That whole combination. And yeah, uh-huh. what, she uses social media brilliantly. And I, she's just such a really good person in the first place. So she, you know, she doesn't want to come across, I would imagine, as that pushy person. So what she does is she posts these great pictures of her working out and she posts these great pictures of her and her kids and she's posting cool, like great looking pictures of her food. And she's constantly talking health and wellness and working out and everything that those particular products really help her do. And so she really, um, I don't know if she does this consciously or not, but she really follows that equation that Gary Vaynerchuk talks about in Jab, 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 Right Hook, which is all about give, 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 and then you can ask, you know? And so she really follows that, which is, you know, she posts all these great pictures. She's giving really great, um, uh, just content out there. She's, you know, just living her life and letting people see that. And then every once in a while, she'll put something up about, hey, I have an opening if you're interested in having, you know, this being, a, you know, going into this or what have you. Or what's happening also is that people just come to her because they see what transformation she's had and they're like, hey, what did you do? And then that's the time to start talking about the product, you know. Exactly. Um, and that, it, you're absolutely right. And I, I, I would imagine that maybe one out of every 100 people involved in the network marketing scene actually do that because, and that's why gets that bad rap. So thank you for that advice. I think that's really pertinent and right right spot on. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. Another one that I would highly recommend if you're in that, she's in the same company, uh, and that's Shalene Johnson. I don't know if you're familiar with Shalene or not, but no. uh, she's actually one of the spokes, um, people for, uh, for Beachbody. And she does an amazing job with life, and she does... Um, you know, she'll do Instagram videos, for example, that showcase a specific exercise. Just, just again, amazing job with just connecting on a personal uh, relatability side. And then people come to her, again, for this exactly the same reasons. You know, so just be a person, be human, and connect with people, be relatable. That's how people connect to each other. That's how relationships start. Yep. And... And that's going to give us a perfect segue sitting here talking about what social media it is and how how social media is life. That's going to give us a perfect segue into your current company, Boom Social. So can you talk a little bit about what precipitated creating this company and what happened? You know, how did you actually form it? Well, um, it's it's kind of interesting how this company uh, was was launched. Um, I was was and am a personal brand and, and built quite a, a sizable personal brand. And um, I about two two years ago, I launched a apprenticeship program with the intent to teach other people to do what I was doing. You know, I, building there was such a need and still is honestly. For people who are, um, you know, have the social media skill sets that develop the strategies, um, I think there's more more uh, space in the strategy piece now than there is in just management. But um, at the time, that was my my intent was to teach people basically what I knew, and I, I opened up the doors to my first apprenticeship program, and my goal was to take no more than ten business or ten people that were interested in building out a social media business. And one of the and my and it filled up almost immediately. Like within 24 hours, um, I had my program filled. One of the people that uh, signed up with me was uh, a gentleman by the name of Terry Williamson. And Terry was a serial entrepreneur. He had just finished. He had built sold a business for millions of dollars, and he had gone back to school. That was one of his goals. He went back to school to get his MBA, and in an MBA class. Uh, the subject of social media came up and the professor said something to the effect that, you know, if you're serious about owning a business, you need to be in the, in the digital space. So that really resonated with him. And he got online and was looking for um, somebody to teach him what he didn't know. He never even texted before. And that, and he found, and he found me and he signed up for my class. Well, in the course of the next 60 days, basically 63 days, leveraging what I taught him, he signed um, over $200,000 in recurring income uh, business. Holy cow. And so he was a sales machine, <laughs> but he couldn't serve it, service it because he didn't have the skills yet. And um, so we basically merged where, you know, he had a piece that I didn't want to focus on. And I had the piece that he didn't want to focus on or didn't have the skills yet to do. So we we partnered uh, and launched Boom Social. And out the gate, 
it was just over the top successful. Um, it was and and bottom line, there's been a whole shift in where we were, where we wanted to be, and uh, ultimately what we really care about. So let me try to explain that. When we first started, we were doing you know corporate clients uh, almost exclusively and doing the management piece for corporate clients. Um, it, that piece has shifted to uh, what a pain in the tush that is, honestly, to be, <laughs> I'll just, just lay it out there because you can't get businesses to care enough to do social media right, most of them. So it was just a, a constant struggle, and we felt like we were not making the impact for businesses that we wanted to without them being involved. So we're like, okay, set that to the side. How can we help business owners? And so we've shifted from management to pure consulting. In other words, nowadays, if a business owner, um, a corporate brand, uh, you know, from small to large, I mean, we've worked with a variety of different businesses. Um, if they come to us, we'll help them develop their social media plan, and we will work with their teams to do strategy and roll out specific types of campaigns that are measurable so that they can get that ROI that they're looking for. Um, but what we ultimately have really circled back to is what we care about. And both of us, again, have been in the small business space, and we feel like we have more impact there. We feel like we can actually help the small business owner more than brands like Target or you know, some of the brands that we've worked with, it's not to say that we don't think we've helped those, those, those brands, but the problem is that it's, it's not as personal to us and the impact is not as great. I mean, today, social media has changed the playing field for small business owners, solopreneurs to mompreneurs to literally, you know, a 10-person small business company. You can be competitive today in ways that we've never been able to be competitive before. So we just feel like that's where we really feel like we can make an impact is with the small business owner. So can you walk us through, with that focus on who you're servicing, can you walk us through your actual business model? Like, um, you know, is it just the consulting? What what exactly does Boom Social offer for its clients, and how do you generate revenue as a company? Well, we still do uh, the consulting piece, um, and we still have several large clients, um, and we take new ones on on a case by case basis. We usually try uh, very hard to make sure that we have a um, a similar mindset when we start working with a corporate client. In other words, we don't take everybody anymore because there, again, you have to embrace certain aspects of what social media is as a company and as a, um, it, it, in order to make it work for you. So if we don't get the feel that a company uh, is where they need to be and has the right mindset, then we usually don't work with them. Um, but the, then again, we'll do, so we have the consulting piece and we do, again, we work with uh, all the way from existing teams if they have an existing team to, um, you know, helping them build a team if they don't have a team. So we have done, you know, across the board, both, both ends of the spectrum. Um, and then we have, uh, we do actually have a, uh, that's one component of our business. We have, um, a what we call an Ignite Mastermind Group, which is where we work one-on-one -on -one with business owners who have reached a certain level of uh, income in their business and they need to take it to the next level. So, you know, we, we do that as well because that's, again, a part of our passion. We want to make sure that, you know, we can share our experiences and, uh, and, and move other business owners forward to greater, to reach greater heights in their, in their income. And, and even from a personal standpoint, you know, sometimes they may be like me, you know, struggling with the whole, um, time management thing and, and being able to outsource. And there's just so many aspects of where we've been actually able to impact other people, other business owners in, in that way. And then we have, um, you know, we've really circled back to, getting back in the in the trenches with the small business owners on a what we call a um a mini on one platform where, you know, we're developing some products and some services that, you know, people can either buy or um 
you know, again, from a standpoint of um, sharing our knowledge and getting business owners moving forward. So basically we have those core components. There's a few other things that we do, but for the most part, those are the that's our focus. Majority of our business, the majority of our clients uh, in the small business sector are women, um, which again I love. I love impacting business owners, but I'm as a woman, <laughs> I love working with other women business owners as well. Corporate clients come in all sizes and shapes. Your main focus, obviously, is dealing with the social media, and really, that's really the expertise that you're bringing to the table. How do you keep up with the ever-changing platforms and even each of those individual platforms and all the changes that they are having? Like, how do you keep up with that stuff? Well, I have quite a system for that, actually. And then, you know, I have a team member, but that's uh, their only job, too, you know, is to keep me in a loop. They are constantly, um, you know, uh, we have a system for, you know, checking well, let me back that up for a second. There's, webs- there's people out there who specialize in certain platforms, and they put out great information. So, you know, we'll have a, we have a list of people that we monitor and pay attention to. And, you know, when they share great info, uh, the latest and greatest updates, you know, that's a way for us to quickly pick up on what's changing in, in certain spaces. So, um, you know, we, we are very proactive in that, in that way. Um, you know, just trying to, it is hard. It is very hard to stay on top of it all. I mean, almost routinely, almost on a daily basis. I would say there's not a day that goes by that something doesn't change. And um, so we, you know, we try to just stay on top of it. And uh, like I said, I do have a team member that that's their sole job. It's just, you know, staying um, in the news and trying to find out what's, you know, what's the latest and greatest and how does it impact the business center. And while we do come at this from a social media slant, we're big on, in other words, we don't teach the mechanics of social media per se. We are more about how does social media impact your bottom line. So we're about strategies that help your business, not the mechanics of how to use Twitter. Or, In other words, we're going to teach Twitter strategies that, you know, have an opportunity to increase your business. So we're big on the business end of it versus just the mechanics of social media. Kim, you are somebody who does a very good job branding yourself. Um, You know, you mentioned even before Boom Social, you really had a personal brand and you were recognized for a personal brand. And bringing that into Boom Social, I mean, you know, seeing your, go visit Kim's Facebook page if you want to see really good branding. I mean, your colors are good. Your logos are good. Everything's consistent all across all of your different platforms. And it's really, really great. Um, I want to know if you can give some advice to anyone listening about, you know, how to successfully brand yourself. Um, If you are your brand, how do you do that successfully? And what are the pros and cons, actually, of being your own personal brand? Well, I'm a big proponent of personal brands, regardless of really, even if you work for a company, for example, and I'll I'll give you a couple of examples. I know several people in my space who uh, worked for uh, corporate brands, big big brands, and the big brands would leverage the personal profiles um, of these particular people because they had high profile. They built high profile personal uh, brands. And, um, you know, I don't know if you are aware of Ted Rubin, but Ted Rubin's uh, one that comes to mind, Brian Kramer, uh, even though Brian owns his own company, he has still leveraged a personal brand um, in in a very large way. Same for me. You know, I'm sure there's personal brands. um, The uh, another personal brand that comes to mind, I can't think of Tammy's last name off the top of my head, but she works at IBM and she has a large personal brand as well. So, you know, it depends on, um, I just think there's a, an application for a personal brand. But just stepping back from, you know, big names and who you know where, the reality is that people connect with people. And and as a business owner, things shift in your world. I mean, if you're a solopreneur or a mompreneur, you know, what you do today may be very different from what you do in five years. The only constant in your business is you. So you may be selling widget A now, and uh, five years from now, you may be selling widget X. (laughs) So the neat part about a personal brand is literally all you have to do is change the content on your website if you shift. 
And, um, you know, we've shifted numerous times um, in whether it's, you know, my business, uh, things that we offer shifts. Uh, literally, it's just is a matter of changing things out on our website. So the, the value of a personal brand, uh, in my opinion, is, is absolutely huge. The, I don't know if there's, I guess there are probably instances where it wouldn't be a, uh, appropriate or you wouldn't want to do it. Some, in some cases, you may have a, um, a business name and you want to absolutely, you know, grow uh, that the brand and the visibility for that business name. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I do see a lot of potential, honestly, for a personal brand. Now, as it comes as it comes to you know consistency and the look of it, that's huge too, guys. It's huge. Um, my background is design, so I'm like freakishly ridiculous when it comes to looking good online. But the reality is, you have about three to eight seconds to impress somebody when they land on your website, your social media presences. Or they find you anywhere online, for that matter. And if you don't look good, that's the first measuring stick today. They are out of there. It's not like, you know, 10 years ago when people were just looking for functionality on a website. That's that's gone. People are, you know, uh, looking today. Visual is ruling the house. And you absolutely need to look good. So if you don't have the skills to do your own branding, um, I, I would highly suggest that you invest in yourself, in your business, and find somebody who does a great job. You have continued to evolve over all of these years as just an incredible businesswoman. Um, have there been, can you take us to like a moment when things just were not so pretty and, you know, it seemed to be falling apart and you just had a really low, low? Can you, can you tell us what that was all about and why you experienced that and then how you, how you went, how you got past that? Before I say when the lowest point was, desperation will either breed great things in you or it will make you, uh, it will crush you. And in my case, desperation uh, bred great things. So I will explain that. Um, and this was way back when I really hadn't really, hadn't reached any level of success yet. My husband was in the military and, uh, we were had maxed out everything, you know, every card we had was, you know, had no room on it. And uh, the only credit card that we had room on was his travel card. He was in, uh, in the in special um, operations uh, field almost his entire career. And one of the things is that he had a travel card because he had to travel sometimes on the spur of the moment. And it was a government issued credit card. And I had promised to never use that card. I mean, it was like sacred. You don't, you know, Kim, you can never use this card. And so I'm like, yeah, honey, no, I won't, I won't, I won't. And um, I needed, I, I had an opportunity to get to uh, land a new client, and I needed a piece of software to be able to complete uh, the contract with this particular client. If I took this client, I knew I didn't have what I needed to do a good job for this client. So I uh, was like, what do I do? You know, I, I, I risk my marriage, <laughs> my husband's security clearance, uh, everything. And I took the chance that I could, make a, I could make the money back in 30 days, knowing that I had to make the money back in 30 days so that he would never find out that I used his credit card. So that was probably my lowest moment in, in my business. Um, when I made a decision that was huge, it risked so many things. And uh, did you make the money back? <laughs> I made the money back. Heck yeah! yeah. I, didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know that 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 spawned so many things, so many good things. And he didn't know until a couple of years ago when I fessed up. <laughs> was, yeah. he, was he angry or was he like, oh, you no. know, was he like, good job, way to go, girl? <laughs> yeah, he's like, you better, you better be glad it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. Um, Kim, what what books have you read that have really made an impact on who you are as a business person? Oh, goodness. My shelves are full of books, honestly. Um, I'm a big proponent of reading and constantly, um, you know, increasing your knowledge base or even your mindset. I think uh, your mindset is such a critical part of uh you know, your growth as a business owner and knowing that you, you know, you have it in you. But one, just recently, a couple of books, uh, probably in the last, oh, I don't know, three, two to three years, a book that I read was The Slight Edge. 
Jeff Olson. I don't know if you've read that book, but I just thought there was a lot of amazing truths in that book. Um, and uh, another book that's a little bit, I don't see many people actually talking about this book, but I actually loved it. It was a book called Maximum Achievement by Brian Tracy. So that's another book. Um, you know, of course, I have pretty much every social media book out there. Uh, I love Jerry's recent book, Jab, Jab, Right Hook. Uh, that is so my philosophy, you know, value, 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 sale. That's, you know, that's my replacement for, you know, his jab, 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 right hook is exactly what he was saying. It's just he did it much more eloquently than I do. Mm. <laughs> um, so lots of great books out there, but those are a couple um, that I have really enjoyed and gotten value from. I really want to bring this conversation to a close by asking you, what is in the future for you? Like, how are you building out your company? What's important for you? What are you excited about? Well, I'm, I'm uh, working on uh, getting my, 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 well, my first book, actually, uh, published. We're in the process of, uh, you know, the final stages, working with the publisher, hope, hoping to have um, hard copies in the next, you know, six to eight weeks. But uh, the book itself is about authenticity on social media. It, the, the title of it is, uh, Will the Real You Stand Up? Because so many people, you know, really struggle with, um, you know, being real on social media. They, I, I and I, so I, I basically wrote an entire book about the concepts and, you know, how um, being authentic on social media is so so important to true success um, from a business standpoint. And uh, yeah, outside of that, you know, I, I'm really, really uh, stepping back into, um, you know, things that are really important on a on a personal level to me, in finding that. Um, Honestly, I love working with women, and we are, um, you know, exploring some options around that, how we can impact uh, more women business owners. That's awesome. Kim, I really want to thank you so much for taking your time here and sharing your story. And God, there's so many great nuggets and all of those little stories that you shared. So um, you've had an incredible business journey. You have evolved so much as a businesswoman. And I know that you've impacted so many of our listeners who, you know, just can truly connect with anyone and any any piece along that timeline for you. So thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing your knowledge. And I really appreciate you being here. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, and um, hopefully um, I, something I've said will impact somebody somewhere. You can get the show notes for today's show at bizwomenrock.com forward slash 51. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.